Hey everybody, this is Ethan Smith, crime reporter for the Gold Tour News Argus. Welcome to the Lowbrow Nation. This episode of Lowbrow Nation is brought to you by Yukon's Beard Oil, the beard oil that stops the itchy beard. Go to the website, yukonsbeard.com, and put three of everything in your cart. And make sure you use the coupon code LOWBROWNATION, no spaces, at checkout for 15% off your entire order. And we're also brought to you by Goldsboro Brewworks at 207 North John Street in downtown Goldsboro. They have 30 craft beers on tap to go along with their assortment of cans and bottles. They also have a full homebrew supply goods store for all your homebrewing needs. Be your favorite brewer. So my dad's here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's up? Oh, just hanging out. I got going to talk about Bubba Fest coming up on June the 3rd. Yeah, we've mentioned it a couple of times. Uh, tell us tell us what it is. It's actually my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, closest thing to my birthday, always the first Saturday of June. Okay. Uh, I guess I just have to throw my own birthday party. Hey, Little, I, have, I have live bands, entertainment, food. Camping, come. It's been this 15 years I've been doing this. Dang, really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it had been going on that long. Yeah. It's been, it's been number 15. About ever since I can remember. That's uh, that's that's a good while. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. It's surprised it survived. I started to cut it off several times, and people just kept saying, you'll get in touch with me. When's Bubba Fest this year? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It worked. Hey. <laughs> And it's grown. It's grown. It ain't got as big as I think it's going to get. How many people do you have playing? Uh, I haven't counted them yet, but let's see. There's Dustin. I hope I say this right. Lanyo. Lanyo. Good good tries. Better than what I do. Call him Antoine. I've asked him three times. Antoine. Start calling him Alphabet. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so... Who else? Dustin, myself, uh-huh. Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Porter. Uh huh. Um, Is that what you're going by? Yeah. Uncle Porter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Um, I like it. Anyway, who else? I'm good uh, with it. Let's see. Uh, Eric, Eric Strickland will be there. Mm. Oh, Eric Strickland. Eric Wayne. Yeah. Listeners should know who he is. Yeah. He's been on the podcast a couple times. Yeah. Um, uh, a band will be returning that I think played two years ago. We'll close, close the night out. 16-penny band. Mm, what do they do? They play honky-tonk, about okay. what I used to play. Cool. Just good, cool party dance music. Awesome. Uh, you going to have any comedy acts this year? I hope so. Yeah? Well, yeah. Still waiting to hear back? Is uh, no, Yeah, I'm waiting for you to get your sets together. Shit. Is Leroy going to be there this year? Hey. He's gonna try. Okay. I wish I could put him on the bill. I told him I wouldn't, but he was he was welcome. You know, he's always welcome whether yeah. he do a couple does, minutes does anything or not. But he says, "Well, I got at least get everybody you know lead lead your excuse me <laughs> buffering. You're buffering. It's fine. That's all right. He's um <laughs> he got a seven second delay. <laughs> That's cool <laughs> shit. <laughs> um." Talking about Leroy, won't we? Yes. Okay. I'm not friends with. I've never met Leroy, but we're friends on Facebook, and I've everything Jacob's ever said about him. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, Y'all were in the army together? No. Me and Leroy go back to high school. Oh wow, awesome. Get together. Now our paths have crossed several times during our lives, Mm -hmm. and just never connected until I was in food line one day. This has been God. 
10 years ago, yeah. I guess. And he was uh, doing his act at the uh, college show at, mm-hmm. at the, the, the uh, Johnson County community or Johnson community, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I went to see him and we connected there. And then I invited him out to a bubble fest and he's been coming for three or four years. Yeah. That's awesome. I want to meet this guy. Oh, he, he's, he's great. He's, he's yeah. a trip. He's awesome. We've been trying to get him on the podcast. Yeah. He's been, he's been busy. He said he had a gig um, somewhere out of town Friday night. And if he got back, he would. I said, we just we just come. If you want to do something, you can. Mm-hmm. If you can't, get high, eat, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Is it all right if I say that? Hey, sure, yeah. Sure, yeah, say what you want to. I didn't say it. So. No, we didn't say it. Yeah. Okay, I said it. <laughs> 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 mm, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's gonna be good this year. That's <laughs> good every year. Um if if anyone listening wants to come, uh what are they is it is it a fee at the gate or what? How how are you doing it this year? Yes, it's ten ten dollars at the gate mm-hmm. per person, all adults. Children under twelve are free, of course. Mm-hmm. Or twelve and under. I'll just and, say under twelve, it's hard to and if you if you uh, have any information on Facebook that we can just link to our profile, we'll just do that for uh, anyone as far as uh, who wants to know how to get there. Yeah, the computer that I that I had used to do all my promotion and everything crashed, and I haven't got a new one, but I've got a laptop. Laptop and, will work, and it, you know, it's a dinosaur. No, it won't work. No, <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you a Facebook. A Facebook fan page for Bubba Fest. Yeah, that'd, that'd be nice. I tried to do one. I tried to create, you know, create an event. I typed everything out, got everything done, and it, but it wouldn't let me post. I feel mm. like your beautiful son over here should do that for you. Probably. I just gotta gotta find the time, man. Yeah, <laughs> we can we can help you out there, Jeff. We that'd can find be, we can get you one set up. That'd be great. Thank y'all guys. Yeah, no problem. Anything else you wanted to add about it? It's just a pleasure. I'm glad y'all doing this. This is pretty neat. Yeah, it was good having you on. Thanks, son. We should do a uh, longer one sometime. We will. All right, awesome. Later. Bye. Later. Bye. Oh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lowbrow Nation. Hey, guys. I'm Eric Puckett here with Jamie and Jacob, as always. Oh, hey. How was y'all's week? Mine was good. Um, It was my first week at uh, Shades of Grey in Clayton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked about that. It was a good week. Did you make your uh, plan? Yeah, I definitely made my plan. Fuck yeah. Uh, What? It's a thing. You don't know. You're not. You're not privy to that information. Is Fuck that you. is that like tattoo biz talk? Yeah, you don't. Not know really. No, I don't, that's like just any kind of. Just no, man. He doesn't yeah, no, know this about is it. Definitely, it's just fucking hours. industry talk, bro. Fuck you. Uh, Shop talk. We're not. We're not programming fucking modules, fucker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> shithead. <clears throat> oh my. How was your week, Jacob? Uh, I was sick for like two days. You had a hundred and one fever. Hundred and two point five. Well, for I two, saw I saw one hundred and one well, on Snapchat. The, the night, so Snapchat doesn't sh- fucking lie. The night before it was one hundred and two point five, and that's then fucking high. That's the next morning it was one hundred and one. That's and emergency then room. By shit. the end of that day, it was, it was gone. Did you have the meat? What did you have? How did you have a fever for fourteen he, minutes? He My, had the meat sweats. It's ooh. a keto thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I think, you, my, I think my body's just you low carved it out. But it's like I had a I had a fever like two weeks before that. Yeah, I know. Like you were sick like three weeks ago. Then you got sick this week, and apparently you're not that bad off. You seem really good now. But no, I mean, I saw the now. evidence that you pulled the fucking thermometer out of your mouth. You had a temperature of 101 at the time. I posted. I posted that. Yeah. Because I had to call out of work. And you, and you want to prove? I knew like people I work yeah. with follow me on Snapchat, and yeah. I didn't post. I didn't send it to them specifically. I Wait, just hold it. on. Rob? No, just okay. just okay. Right. just right. just a, right. yeah. Okay, I was about but, to say I want to follow him. No, in a no. sexual way, <laughs> dude. Really, Rob, your boss is one of my heroes, so I would follow him uh, yeah. Yeah. to Valhalla. Well, well, That's good. where I'd go so with him. You feel feel better now? I feel a hundred percent now. Yeah. I'm Look, great. I don't. I, and I asked you. I texted you like a concerned fucking family member. I was like, "Do you think it's part of your diet that your your fever is uh, probably?" So did you do something? Did you eat some carbs? No, to help your I fever fucking get went to uh, Vitamin World in Goldsboro, the one yeah. that just opened up, and got vitamin C. Yeah, that's oranges with, with rose hips. Oh, ooh, with the rose hips. Yeah, vitamin. They don't lie. D. Shiraka said it helps. Vitamin helps with Shakira. erectile Shakira said it. Sorry, vitamin D three. Mm-hmm. That comes from the sun. I can't eat oranges. And you can't go out in the sun? Because of carbs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just prefer not to go out in the sun. It has a vampire. Too, too many carbs. Too many carbs. Too many carbs in the sun. Then I got zinc because I just feel like that's good to have. What's it do? It makes you it's heavy. It's an antioxidant. You're and, an antioxidant. Okay. You ass. <laughs> um, you ass. I just want to say that. Uh, and then I got... And then I got a vitamin B12 complex just because mm-hmm. it was like buy one, get one 50% off. I used to take a vitamin B50 complex back in the day when I was 14 the before I had back surgery. And that shit made my pee highlighter, highlighter yeah. orange. Yeah. Neon, yeah. yeah. It makes it yeah. stink too. Yeah. It Ooh, smelled. I, yeah. I was it smells like fish food. I don't remember what it smelled like, but I remember <sighs> the color. It was very pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been taking that for the past few days and I feel great. So that's awesome. I'm glad you feel better. Mm-hmm. Me too. How Damn. was your week, Pucket? You asked us how ours was. Oh, I forgot I had to answer that. What did I do? Just I don't normal, fucking know. man. We it's asked you what your fucking it's week was. It's been a quiet. It's been a quiet time for me. I'm getting what? ready to No, go it's back not outside. that quiet. You had a fucking sprout in your garden. Oh, my garden. My organic yeah. garden's doing very well. Organic. My, my uh, onions are about like three inches tall. You need some chicken poop in there. No, nah, I don't. It'll make them grow better. Is that what you do with all your dog shit? And you just throw it in the garden? Yeah, that's a good idea, life. actually. I'm just I don't saying. think you can eat anything in my garden either. Oh, jalapenos. You can eat what, onions. What are you growing? Jalapenos, Marziano peppers, big Italian sweet peppers, mm-hmm. three mm, different kinds good. of tomatoes, carrots, and onions. Yeah, just zucchini and cucumbers. Zucchini and cucumbers, I can do as well. Basil. Basil. Flat Italian parsley and cilantro. <laughs> Anything else? No. Okay. Probably weeds. Because it'll probably grow some there weeds. Are in there are no weeds in my garden. Really? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad yeah. you take care of your garden. It's re- It looks really good. He's done a fucking hell of a job on getting that shit prepped and ready to for growth. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of him. Yeah. I'm very proud of his dogs for not fucking it up, too. Yeah. I'd kill him. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this, this week on, uh, what, Jamie, what did we do this week on the podcast? What do you mean this week? Yeah. What do we do? What are what what are we doing? Uh we're gonna talk to our good friend Ethan Smith of oh, the Goldsboro News Argus. He's a crime reporter. Uh he reports on shit that you know we all want to hear about, but nobody crime. wants to listen to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting. And I'm, I'm excited to have him here. 
good. Him join us at the Cat Ranch. We're going to call that. No, 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 no. We're not? No, we were informed. We are informed. We're going to call it. Cut that out. Did he call it? He just said Uh, it. Cut it out. uh, Done. Done. And Peanut Butter Land. Peanut Butter Land. Pussy Palace. (laughs) (laughs) Here at the Pussy Palace. Okay. This is messy. Can we? (laughs) It's not messy. You're weird. The Pussy Palace. The Pussy Palace. It's messy. Yeah. Yeah, the sheets are all disheveled. <laughs> <laughs> We're wandering into a hole. That's okay. We had a... Spiraling out of control here. We have Ethan Smith with us this week. Yeah. We're excited about it. A cool interview. It was fun. Talked about inter- uh, entertaining things. Fun. No, it was fun. We already done it. We already did it, Jamie. What are you talking about? Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Jamie's... Com- Internet users <laughs> everywhere. Jamie's confused about our new format. <laughs> 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 and as candid as we are here, and we want to share everything with you. Jamie is very confused by I how the think. new format works. I was. I, I kind of saw what Jamie was doing. Jamie thought we were like going to record this after the podcast, but pretend yeah. like we hadn't recorded it yet. Yeah, no. yeah that's actually what I was going That's with. exactly what you thought. And then I, I heard that, and I was going to roll with it, but then Puckett corrected you, so yeah. I, I hopped on Puckett's train real quick. Yeah. And I was like, it's yeah, okay. Let's, let's, go ahead and, let's go ahead and... I'm used to traveling my train by myself anyway. Yeah. So anyway, we talked to, <laughs> we talked to Ethan this week, uh, and uh, <laughs> it was good. It was real so, good. Yeah. It was real good. In other news, real quickly... Um, for everyone on the internet, I have to say this and get real political for like two seconds. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Trump's health care plan does not eliminate pre-existing conditions. What? Trump's <laughs> health care plan does not eliminate pre-existing conditions. So that means you and I that have major back issues beforehand, we won't... We have we to won't. pay... No, no, no. And then I had another thing to note. It's no better than Obamacare. Oh, Boo. You have to pay more. Obuma. They're not going to do. They're not going to eliminate pre-existing conditions, so you can still get insurance. But they're going to open the door so the insurance company can charge you more. So all you motherfucking stupid people on Facebook who are going to say it wrong and get all mad because of the pre-existing conditions. What if you're saying it wrong? I'm not because I read the website where North Carolina with House the Bill fucking thing on it that gets passed in December. Yeah, December first, 2018. But anyway, I hope you guys <laughs> enjoy the interview. Oh, what were you going to say, though, Jacob? Nothing. I was just trying to... He was done. He was trying to wrap it up. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just wanted to say that. It's been on my mind. Well, I'm glad you got it off. No more of that shit. Enjoy the interview. Bye, guys. Hey, Ethan. Hello. Welcome to the Low Brow Nation. What's up, dude? What's up, man? You gonna say hi, Jacob? Oh, hey, what's up? Sorry, <laughs> I was watching Jamie fuck with his microphone. It was awesome. Hey, so welcome to uh, the Low Brown Nation. Thank you. Buddy. Glad Thank you're you. glad you're here. Oh yeah. So, um, what makes you so special to come to the Low Brown Nation? Yeah, why, why, did, why, <laughs> did, why did we ask you to be here? Yeah, why are you here? <laughs> uh, well, I know Jamie because he. Uh, he works at Goldsboro Brew Works, and he invited me to be on talk to us at North John Street, Goldsboro, for work. <laughs> so, Jesus, Ding. this is ridiculous. Oh my God, this is awesome. awesome. <laughs> people like people like it. You know, I can't. You know, so what do you do? 
I am the uh, crime and courts reporter for the Gold News Argus. Oh, that sounds fancy. Yeah. You spend a lot of time in school, right? A lot we of time in school? That. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, to even get hired uh, anywhere, you have to have a bachelor's degree of some sort. And well, what would be the be- most like uh, relevant uh, field to get a bachelor's degree for something you do? Like the, journalism? Or? Yeah, the one I got was uh, mass communications with a concentration of print and online journalism. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds so fancy. They have that, and then they also have it for uh, broadcast journalism. But I know uh, plenty of people that got into the field after getting an English degree, too. Okay. So mm-hmm. anything writing-related, but I find it's a ton better to have been taught about journalism in school and not have to learn oh, yeah. everything. Now, you and I spoke one time at the bar, yes. and... We talked about your uh, internships and stuff. Can we talk about those? Yeah, man. What, sure. What all were your, your internships? Because they were kind of cool. Uh, so when I was in college, uh, the first internship I ever had um, was a general assignment reporter for the Burlington Times News in Burlington, North Carolina. And uh, I did that while also working a couple of minimum wage jobs because the internship didn't pay. Right. Um, and... That was literally just the editor talking, is there anything you want to do? And if not, then here's some things you can do. And just generally getting a feel for what journalism is like. And then I went and I was also a reporter for the school newspaper. Uh, It was at the time, it's called... It was a college newspaper. It was called The Pendulum. And uh, it was started in the 70s at Elon, but they merged last year with the broadcast outlet on campus too. So now it's just Elon News Network. But... uh, did those two things for a while and then became a uh, news editor at that paper, the college paper. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing that, I freelanced for USA Today and the Denver Post. Mm-hmm. And then the last internship I did before I left school was uh, here, actually, at the News Argus. Oh, cool. Was did, the News Argus your job right out of school? Yeah. Uh, so I did a three-month internship. And this one was way more active than the one in Burlington. Mm-hmm. Um, got a chance to do a lot more stuff. And then I was looking for jobs into my senior year and got a call from the managing editor who is now our editor-in-chief. His name is uh, Dennis Hill. And he said, uh, hey, man, you did a good job in your internship. You're probably looking for jobs right now. And so if you want one, there's here. There's one here for you. Mm-hmm. That's okay. pretty cool. How uh, do they just throw you in and let you do your own thing, or do you when you first start working there, or do they have like to, internship? Yeah, or, or not internship, <laughs> like as an employee, full time, full time. Yeah. Uh, so reporters have what's called you know beats. Um, when I first came on, I was just a general assignment reporter, so it was much of the same until a beat cleared up because we have a education, city, crime, county, health, mm-hmm. and uh, I think those are actually the only solid beats, and then the rest is just general assignment. So about three months in after I got hired, the uh, city reporter at the time uh, switched jobs and moved to a different job. And so that beat opened up and they moved me into that and uh, did the city beat for about a year and 10 months, just shy of two years. And Mm -hmm. then the uh, crime reporter at the time uh, left and went to a job in Pennsylvania and they moved me over to the crime beat. So beats are sort of like departments. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's literally... uh, just here is the subject matter that you need to know everything about okay and so it's you know real time just that's what news is so my job is to know pretty much everything that goes on in terms of fires wrecks shootings stabbings so you move to crime and that's where you're at currently yes do you remember your first uh story 
for I the guess news so. Argus or yeah. ever? Or no, for the for the crime specifically for the oh for crime. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> yeah uh, the first story I ever did on the crime beat after I officially took it over because I had helped out with it uh, whenever the crime reporter was out in the past. But when it became my beat, the very first day he was gone, uh, I came back from vacation and took it over, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there was a call about a car that had been shoved into the News River and they weren't sure if there was people in it or not. And this oh, would have been uh, March 31st, 2016 when this happened. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, it was just... Uh, that was, like, the very first crime call and I stood out there all morning with sheriff's deputies and nobody was in the car, but they couldn't figure out how it got there or what had happened. And there was Did you frame huge, it? What now? Did you frame it? No, so... Uh, <laughs> I've, I've only like ever... Like, frame it, like his, his article, his very first one with the newspaper... Like, did you oh, frame it? Oh, gotcha. The very first one with a newspaper ever uh, when I was an intern in June of 2013 was actually about Jimmy John's opening. <laughs> All <of them>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Jimmy John's is That's an important was article. That, yeah. Was yeah. that in Denver? No, no, no. Uh, oh, this, too bad. this was the first one here. In Goldsboro? Yeah, yeah. I, I did uh, stuff for the Denver Post. I met a guy that worked there. He was their environmental reporter. His name was uh, Mark Jaffe. Uh, he was real good friends with a professor of mine at mm. school and have visited the campus. And uh, I took him out for burgers and beer and sat there and talked to him because he had been in the business for, I think, just shy of 30 years. Mm. Wow. And I just wanted to pick his brain. Yeah, um, for sure. And so he and I talked back and forth, and I talked to him about things I was working on and just personal experience. And my experience had been, you know, I work two minimum wage jobs and work a newspaper job and take 18 credit hours every single semester. Yeah. And, uh, I couldn't even begin to pay anything but rent and utilities. It didn't even begin to touch my actual tuition. I'm lazy. And, uh, I was talking to him about that and he said, well, why the hell don't you do a story about it? Mm -hmm. And I said, what, like, can I write about my own experience? And he goes, absolutely. You're a college student having this experience. So I doubt you're the only one. And uh, so I looked into it and found a guy out of the University of Michigan that had done a story, uh, or not a story, a study, exactly about the affordability of college and wage increase and what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, back even as recently as early 1980s, you could work 400 hours, which is 10 weeks of a 40-hour-a-week job, so just a summer job. And that used to be able to pay entire tuition yeah. uh, right up until the early 80s. Oh, and not then more. No, and that was just a summer job, and now I was, was working year-round, January 1st, season for 31st, and just uh, barely making rent and utilities every month. So I just started writing education stuff for Denver Post, and same thing with the uh, USA Today. It was a college correspondent program. That's kind of neat. So, Cool. Yeah. Did a lot of your stuff get printed? Uh, yeah, actually, I still How, I still have copies of those. That's a good question. How much of what you write gets printed when in the when you first were first starting? How much of what you would write actually got printed? Would you say? Like, uh, just about everything. Just it's, about everything. Yeah, it's it's really rare that they'll uh, make you give all that time and effort and research and really? all that good stuff and then not print it. They might just put it in further <clears throat> back. Yeah, I mean it, it. And that's not even about whether or not it's a big story. It's about whether or not it's the big story that day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, prime example um, was here recently back in December. We did a, a package on gangs in Goldsboro and Wayne County mm-hmm. and uh, ended up following the rabbit hole down to uh, an airman that had been stationed at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base and then kicked out because they accused him of being the statewide leader of the gangster disciples. And so we tracked him down and interviewed him 
and then ran that story alongside the same package on just overall gangs and Goldsboro and Wayne County. What? And uh, that got bumped down to uh, center because we had a bigger story that took Sunday yeah. from across the top. So what are you allowed? Are you at liberty to say whether or not he was found to be the gang leader? Well, uh, so we filed a bunch of FOIA requests, which is Freedom of Information Act uh, requests, and we filed those with the Air Force, mm-hmm. um, requesting all of his relevant personnel files that could be made public records, so on and so forth, and uh, they shut us down at every turn. They really? didn't want it out there, and uh, the Air Force themselves wouldn't talk to us, so we got a uh, FBI task force officer that worked the case with the Office of Special Investigations of the Air Force to tell us a little bit about the process, and he maintains that the guy is exactly who they claim he is, that he was you know, a statewide leader of the Gangster Disciples, yeah, and here's sure. how, and so on and so forth, but then when we sat down and talked to him, he said... Uh, the reason he had tattoos with G and D and all this other stuff and all these mantras of the gangster disciples was it's not actually gangster disciples and he's not the statewide leader. It's something called growth and development that when he, he joined when he was like 15 years old in Arkansas before he joined the air force mm. and uh, got to North Carolina and all that good stuff. So two very different versions of the story. Yeah. Uh, so the challenge there is to take what, the officials say and give it, you know, equal weight as to what the man himself is saying yeah, mm-hmm. and just put it out there for people like, yeah, yeah. Hey, this is going on around you. He still lives here. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we wanted to give him fair I, play. And I've never heard of the gangster disciples. Are they they're, they're supposedly, uh, one of the largest gangs in the nation. They started out of, uh, Chicago. Are they race exclusive? No, no, no. They're not everyone? race exclusive. Yeah. You they're can not. join gang. <laughs> <laughs> Disciples just sound like an MC. Yeah. Like something. Well, there is a disciple. Is there an yeah. MC? Yeah. Okay. Are you looking to? No, looking I was just for curious. I never, I never heard of the gangsters <laughs> disciples. First step: buy motorcycle. Next step: join an MC. Yeah, they might have a Facebook. <laughs> <Hit them up. laughs> what is the uh, most prevalent gang in Wake County? Uh, Bloods or Wayne? I mean, Wayne Bloods. County. Bloods followed very, very, very closely by the Crips, and they just kind of. They're in That's probably true most yeah. everywhere, right? Those yeah, and it's, so it's, it's weird because uh, on the West Coast, they I mean, obviously it started in Compton, California, mm. and they have a Bob leader, uh, yeah, a leader <laughs> of the Bloods and the Crips. And then when he gives an order, it trickles all the way down to the lowest person. Mm. But my experience and the guy before me's <laughs> experience with the gangs here is that there is not that same hierarchy. It's like you have it's a, called a you have a top guy in Goldsboro and a top down. guy in Kinston and a top guy in Raleigh. Oh yeah, there's no one dude. That's a trickle down thugonomics. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so a, that's our understanding. I mean, it could be completely different. They John could just Cena be really one hiding it, but yeah, that's wild. I don't. You really ever hear anything about gangs? I don't. You well, know, not, I don't dive in into it. It's it's really really hard to uh, look at one specific crime. Not only for us, but mm-hmm. uh, for cops too. It's really hard to look at one incident and go, "That's gang violence," or "That's gang members robbing a bank," or so on and so forth. It, you have to. 
There's bad look, people everywhere. You have to look at it from a larger picture. I mean, what areas is it happening in? How close are they in proximity to each other? So and if someone is affiliated affiliated with a gang, if they do commit violence, you can't just say it's gang violence just because they are affiliated with a gang. Like right. It could be just like a separate act of violence. Right? Gang violence has to be opposing sets, and mm. the person that perpetrated the act uh, did has it to have been against. Commanded. Well, did it against a person of an opposite gang? Oh, really? So if well, if uh, like they were given the order to go cause violence to someone else, even if they were unaffiliated with a gang, like a store owner or something like that, yeah. that wouldn't be considered gang violence? That I can't speak to. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no idea about that, actually. Okay. I've already um, learned a lot. Is there, like, a lot of gang violence in, you know, the Wayne County area? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, and a lot of the same people, too, uh, popping yeah. up in the arrest sheets, public record... Uh, same addresses there. I mean, there's a couple of addresses on the south side of the city and the north side um, where it's just they're always in the public record. It's like this person's name and yeah. that address, but the address stays the same and the name always changes. It's a, oh, okay. There's a place in, in Selma. It's very similar to that. Yeah. That's a same thing all the time. Yeah. Two it's streets it's in interesting because oh. Goldsboro is actually the, the bloods and the crypts are divided by. Uh, Ash and Elm. Um, so uh, what's Ash? Ash Street. Ash Street. I know. I know. But what? What? Who has that? Well, territory? It's, it's, so those streets, I guess, don't really technically belong to anyone, from my understanding of it. It's from Elm and Slocum south toward the base gate is uh, Blood territory, mm. and then from uh, Ash Street and north is Crip territory, and then right there, sandwiched in the middle, you have sketchy areas. But gray areas. Gray areas. And then also you have downtown sandwiched in the middle of all that. And it's interesting because downtown does not seem at all no. to have very much crime or anything no, like that. Not, but then not recently. If you no, go, it's a, the, it, yeah. Did I, did I hear correctly that? I think it's less than 2% of the city's entire crime rate. Yeah, downtown, oh, wow. downtown yeah. Goldsboro has the lowest crime right. rate of all of Wayne County now. Exactly. And then, uh, Which is not what it used to be. No. <laughs> and, uh, but if you go two or three blocks either way, you're backing up into some terrifying yeah. areas. And I mean, I live right up near Board of Elections. And mm -hmm. uh, there was a, a murder in January two blocks away from my house. When? That's scary. January. January. This year. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. I do that. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's just like... Those Did you outliers. report on that? Yeah. Did you? Con yeah. Convenient from home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was oh, actually... God. It was interesting because... Uh, That's scary. Uh I just uh, woke up to the press release and I was like, are you kidding me? What? Where? How? And then I uh, looked and saw there were, I mean, police cars and everything. And so I hopped in the shower and just got ready for the day early and yeah. then just drove down there. And, uh, and you didn't have to get up early because it's literally two blocks from your house. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the strangest thing about being a reporter at crime scenes, like a violent crime scene, is... Uh, bridging that gap with the people affected by it to talk to them to get their oh, side yeah, of things sure. so with that instance the guy's mother and sister were still on the scene when i got there and i found that out by just saying hey did you guys know who got shot and it was the mom and she goes yeah that was my son and i said look i'm from the news argus can i talk to you a little bit and uh she's incredibly emotional and everything else as any mother would be and uh just you have to build trust 
on the fly at yeah. a moment's mm-hmm. notice. And it's all about how you present yourself, how you talk to people, your body language, to let them know, like, hey, I really am just here to tell your part of the story. Yeah, And that's I'm that. not out to do anything to you. I just... On the different side yeah. of that, Jacob and I have to do that with our job. Mm-hmm. I mean, we... we I don't. We're in, <laughs> we're we're in people's bubbles, tattooing them. You know, right. we're it's a pretty intimate situation, so we yeah. we we have to build that trust pretty quickly. So oh, yeah. I definitely understand that. Yeah. And I can imagine there's probably a lot of pressure on y'all because I mean that's permanent on that person's body. Definitely yeah. permanent. A lot yeah. Of pressure. Yeah. So. Same thing with you. I mean, if you get something wrong, it's always on the internet. Ink is the commonality here. You guys put it on people's skin, and we put it on paper for active historical record. Yeah. yeah. So. When you when you write a story, do you do you try to put that emotion in your stories? I don't ever try and put my own. Not yours, not yours. The uh, the, the yeah, like but the mom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have it's you have to humanize it. You yeah. can't just. It's not a robot writing it. Right. You yeah. can't you can't robot write it and be like chunk 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 and just crank out like cold emotionless things yeah. i mean you're talking about a human life that's been forcibly taken yeah and uh so you do try and get them to talk about you know what they're experiencing what they're going to do now mm-hmm. what happened before this and that kind of thing and then take all their emotion and put it out there for people to see yeah i can i, I was watching uh pd live mm-hmm. or live pd i don't remember the name of it Mm-hmm. So it comes on A and E, and it's a they basically follow police departments that are with live video. Yeah, and uh, it's a pretty neat show. But the host he puts sometimes he just puts too much in the stuff. Yeah, there was a uh, a guy, uh, one of the police officers. It was he's a police or deputy, it doesn't matter. But he pulled somebody over, and they were, you know, shaken. I mean, they just mm-hmm. got pulled over, and they accidentally bumped into him. When they were pulling off, they left the car in reverse instead of putting oh, it in shit. drive. Ooh. And it was like a little scratch. It wasn't nothing crazy. And the host was like, we need to get back to that. I want to find out why he hit him. I want to find out. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh my I'm like, I want to find out now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm excited. Like, oh, my God, this guy like fucking wrecked his car. Right. Yeah. And he went back to the cop and he's like, yeah, it was just a little scratch. He was just nervous. He just got pulled over yeah. and he backed into me. It wasn't a big deal. I called my, he, he said he called his um uh, his uh, commanding officer, was, they were like, yeah, don't even do a report. It's yep. a little scratch. You're good. Yeah. And I was like, this guy, the host, just put so much emphasis on it. Like, yeah. he just, it was an accident, you know? Yeah, he I mean, those are... Do it. He was freaking out. Those are definite judgment calls. Uh, oh, it's, like, it's why, I guess, journalists are kind of called gatekeepers Yeah. Uh, of information because it's up to us to have the training and the knowledge to look at an event or look at something that happens and just go, is that worth, A, reporting on, B... How much weight do you give it? And C, do you even get worked up about it? And in that, in that specific episode we were watching, yeah, there was so much more that they could have cut back to. Right, that was going live. Right, that, that was two two other things going on at the same time that they could have cut to. That would have been so much more entertaining than this dude saying, "Yeah, like, hey, he was just nervous, dude. He just backed into me, scratched my car. It's cool. It's right. cool, man." I'm like, "Yeah, that was a waste of my time." Yeah, thanks for thanks for that, bud. Yeah. yeah, so I can understand that, but I couldn't. I couldn't do what you do. It's I'm such a. Baby. Oh yeah, you would be way yeah. emotionally oh, invested. God. Yeah, he yeah. would. He would. I would totally be. Yeah, that's that's actually another really interesting aspect of journalism because we have to put 
you know, human emotion out there from people that we talk to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Add that human element, but we always have to remove ourselves from it. Yeah. And we cannot under any circumstances let ourselves get attached to anyone or anything mm-hmm. we report on. So if something comes up, bias. like by happenstance, that you know a party that's involved in it, you just you just don't do it. You can't be attached to it. Yeah. Uh, so with the uh, with the crime beat, it, it's all about how close that person is to you. Mm-hmm. So I have family that lives in Wayne County, mm-hmm. and if uh, God forbid something happened to them or they did something to someone. Yeah. And I learned that that's who was affected. It would be my responsibility to go to my editor and say, I'm too close to this subject. Right. And, uh, ethically I can't be objective about this. Can you, uh, assign this to somebody else? Yeah. But that's, that's worst case scenario. Cause I mean, there have been times where I know someone, but I don't, really know them and I'm not that oh, yeah, close just to acquaintances right and so it's not an ethical station. conflict yeah. Yeah. whatsoever this is kind of off topic but uh, it pertains to what we're talking to um, I was listening to something about uh, people who uh, work for like counter terrorist like surveillance programs like with the NSA and they were talking about like certain like uh, people who are uh, employed under that who have to listen to suspected terrorists and listen to their phone calls they get very emotionally attached to like listening to them and um, just because they listen to them talk to their parents and their friends yeah, and all that stuff. So when it comes time to like for them to give the okay to send like a task force or like something to go get them, they, they're a lot of, a lot of the times they're like reluctant yeah, to want to do that because they have become emotionally attached to these people. I can totally understand that. Yeah. If you're spending, whether they know it or not, you're spending that much time with someone yeah. and you, you get to hear, I mean, you know, secrets or, or things that, you know, them, them calling, whether they're fucking blowing mm-hmm. up buildings every other day. Right. And if they call and say, you know, put their kid to sleep. Every yeah. Night, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. you, you, I, I could definitely understand that. Definitely. I'm just going to stick in my hole and tattoo people. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Like, yeah. yeah. I would, I could I, do that job. What? You could. I bet you could. <laughs> I could do that job. I bet so you could. easy. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, nah, he loves his kids. Fuck him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Moab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drop it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> What's well, South Slocum? Yeah. Uh, Moab goes out X amount. Of, that'll work. Do it. Yeah. Fucking drop it. Glass them. <laughs> fucking glass them. Do you know? <laughs> I wonder if they'd laugh so much that they knew they were going to die tomorrow. That's oh what would be God. going through my mind. Whatever, man. Everybody's Make got sure a job. you tell your daughter you love her twice. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, man. <laughs> you remind me of like a cheesy, you'd be like a cheesy 80s, like fucking, like half, half sob, cyborg fucking Puckett, detective. Puckett is a, Puckett's a Kung human Fury? version of Assy McGee. Or is he the, <laughs> is he the human version of uh, Kung Fury? I, I would be horrible. Yeah. Like if I had you, if I had your job, like if mm-hmm. I was a reporter, I would be bad at that because I would totally just, I would Fox News everything. <laughs> yeah. The whole time I have to say this, and I, I don't want this to come off as like, uh, being negative towards your profession and also yeah. don't take it that way. But like you're sitting here and you're talking about not taking sides, and and mm-hmm. I the way you talk about it, I firmly believe you mm-hmm. you you're that way. You don't do it. But I read a lot of news, mm-hmm. and I go like read articles about the same thing, you know, of the subject in which I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. But these people like take sides. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean there's there's plenty of journalists out there that. Do it. 
Um, but it's one of those things where they sour the quality of the entire business. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Because you, That's I mean, sure. you have. Well, there's plenty of people that do take sides. There's the vast majority of journalists across the nation don't. Yeah. Uh, because we don't do it for the money. We don't do it because everybody just thanks you for doing it. It's not high profile. It's yeah. not high prestige. Or there's no other reason that we do it if you're in it for the right reasons than as a public service and reporting for the public good. Right. Because you like I- believe in it. I mean, I got involved in journalism because I wanted to change the world or yeah. and if not the entire world just at least the one immediately surrounding me yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good reason yeah i feel like a lot of the people that are like on the big news channels even local news channels i'm pretty sure they're more of a puppet to a bigger oh yeah a bigger so party. As, a, as a as a print journalist and this is interesting you bring it up because i just dealt with broadcast reporters in the kenneth stancil trial and i was the only print reporter mm-hmm. and you read the print story and uh it's not because it was mine. It's just objectively looking at length and quality. The I would go into great length about every little thing that happened that day in the courtroom and what made the trial tick and move towards a verdict and everything else like that. And then uh, the broadcast people, I would go and read their stories and watch their broadcast and be like, yeah, it's true, but also you sensationalized the least relevant detail and yeah. led with that. And that's how and you push the You use the mean, blue big pen to write the note with. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about like intonation and little things like that. And it's not that what they're saying, the fact that they led with is not true. I'm, it's just one of those things where it's like that was clearly not the most important oh, yeah. fact. It's kind of like Eric, yeah. Eric Strickland, we mentioned him. He, he always has his little joke about people putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable or the yeah mm-hmm. so wrong emphasis on the wrong sil- yep. syllable yeah so it's kind of the same way mm-hmm. um just the way he says it's funny he's real country and it's right. funny I mean it's how you push sides though I mean you know and you also I mean, on the wrong th- thing we live in a time where people would much much rather just watch television yeah. oh rather God. than pick up a paper or actually just go online and yeah. just read mm-hmm. but as a, somebody on the print side of the business it's a lot easier to, get, I mean, weigh the quality of your news when the way I look at it is that, you know, broadcast is good for showing you what's happening in real time. You just mm-hmm. get your own unfiltered live shot of something going on. Yeah, I feel like broadcast news should literally be 24 hours of live police chases. Wow. It's one of those things where it seems like uh, broadcast t- tends to be more geared toward entertainment. Oh, yeah, where, for sure. Yeah, where, but- yeah. I feel like in, in like speaking like talking about today's times, it's not even like necessarily like broadcasting like on a major corporate scale. Like a lot of people are now going to like smaller like YouTubers, Facebook Live, podcasters, stuff yeah. like that to get information because they're tired of. I mean, a lot of people are realizing that the corporate media is you know that's why one people, way or the other biased and they want to get like more independent information. That, I definitely understand that. That's why the best people way, listen to our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the <laughs> best the best way to get uh, unfiltered information that is not biased and it's truly just a group of people uh trying to get the news out the best way they know how to their community you're looking at small and medium yeah size newspapers which is local newspapers so community journalism mm-hmm. where we you know i uh, not the news and disturber <laughs> <laughs> actually i think news and observer does a pretty good job but yeah. uh it's uh one of those things where 
I live in the same community that I report all this stuff on. And yeah. I go to the courthouse and I go shopping and everything else. Mm-hmm. And there have been plenty of times where uh, I'll see people whose mugshot we put on the front page of the newspaper that day. Yeah. And then that night they made bond and I'm looking at them walking out and about. And so I have to, uh, it's an extra level of accountability when you get to statewide and nationwide news sources, they have plenty of barriers of security between them and the general public as they should, because I mean stuff, the New York times does and the Los Angeles times, that's some pretty heavy stuff. And if people could just traipse in there and cuss out their journalists, I'm sure that's all their journalists would ever get done all day. Right. is just being cussed at. Yeah. But, uh, with the, that ability to happen on the local level, people can walk in and say, Hey, why'd you write this? Why'd you do this? Did you have to do that? And then just call the front desk and ask for you. And then you're on a phone call with the same person you just reported on. I think mm-hmm. I like local news, like newspapers. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like a video from the local newspaper, you know, like mm-hmm. post on Facebook yeah. Live or anything yeah. like that. I, the reason I like it is because they still talk about local relevant stuff. Yeah. You know, like, hey, these kids were on auto roll this year. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, they're not, it's not so, all about fucking death. Yeah. I mean, what's so stuff. bizarre is it's just, you know, the stuff that makes the front page isn't the entire newspaper, but people treat it like it is. Yeah. Like, the and, people, people, I've noticed. I quit watching the news in 2007 mm-hmm. when my wife's dad was in Iraq. Yeah. Because every day somebody's getting killed. Exactly. So we just quit watching it. We don't watch the news anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't even watch it for the weather. I mean, we got the weather on our phones. Right. You know, just the same place the calculator is where nobody said we'd never have a calculator yeah. with us all the time. <laughs> right. So I, I don't, I don't just don't watch the news. Yeah. But that's what, I mean, people like to hear bad shit to make themselves and their lives feel better. I believe. You know what's crazy? I believe is that. Is when uh, people hop on our Facebook page on Crime Stories and tell us that they're only, that we are only trying to sell papers while they read Crime Stories. Oh my God. For yeah. free on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah right? Like, <laughs> hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how, that's a good question. So, now, like. You took the time out of your day to read this free article. People bitch. claim. They don't want to read the news and don't buy the newspaper or what have you because it's also negative all the time. They're also the first ones to jump in on the Facebook comments when you give them that news article for free. And to tell you where you, you know, messed up and you misspelled a word. Journalism is the (laughs) only job I've ever been in or ever heard of where people walk in and think it's okay to tell you how to do your job. No, it's not. I, we, yeah. No, it's not. Okay. We do that every day. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Every day. People people watch these fucking TV shows mm-hmm. that are like, oh, fucking yeah. Eggmasters. Yeah. And they're like, hey, look, I saw them cover this thing. I saw them cover up this dude's name on this old lady's butt. I saw him do it with a skull. And I know it can be done, man. But I only got like $58. <laughs> and I got so, to be at work in an hour. That's yeah. not how tattoos work. So, uh, <laughs> So yeah, but yeah. we we get it every day too about people trying to tell us how to do work, okay. our jobs. Yeah. Um, so how, we feel you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we gonna say, Pucket? So how much of news now do you guys depend on? Since you work in a newspaper, do you mm-hmm. depend on the like the paper copy of the news, or you guys push more towards the internet and your websites and things? It's like that? an equal push. Um, we used to have a format where we all got to work at eight a.m went to press at 10.30, and the newspaper was out around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then at 1.47 p.m. every day, we would post all the stories on the Internet uh, from the paper that day, and we would not uh, utilize social media. The only account we utilized was the News Argus Cops account, <coughs> which was uh, 
just all the crime stuff. And it was the only social media we really heavily pushed. And mm. then we uh, switched to starting at 6.30 in the morning and going to press at 9.30. So the paper's in the racks by 11.30. And you can still get everything. And we often do what happens, uh, obviously, afternoon and nighttime for the previous day. But then uh, the more you can work, find news that happened that same day. So midnight on. Um, Mm -hmm. in that eight hour, nine hour window before we go to press, we're getting that kind of news. So people that pick up the paper at lunchtime or check social media throughout the day, see what's happening as it happens. So it's an equal push to get papers to people earlier, uh, so they can have it in their hands sooner with that day's news. And then, uh, also promoting it on social media is, Mm -hmm. you know, a thing in and of itself to get people, uh, to your site, to give them the news. Cause the, Primary thing is just getting people the news. That's is there is there still like a large number of people that you like read like an actual newspaper and not? Because I know personally, if it doesn't come on my phone, I don't see it. I believe in Wayne County there is. Okay, I can't speak for everywhere, but I know in Wayne County we still have a very very solid uh, print readership. Yeah, and uh, the the online is going incredibly strong. Too. Yeah, so it's it's about neck and neck and equal right now. Um, but I guess what's interesting about social media or the internet is, uh, you know, say we do 20,000 papers daily. Mm-hmm. That's what we print and circulate. And uh, then that's that's it. There are 20,000 copies. It can reach 20,000 people and whoever they show it to. But you can track it on social media if something gets really big. Mm-hmm. You like this one story reached 500,000 people just because it had one detail that people found hilarious or sensational or they couldn't believe and it's a fact and it's relevant there is no sensationalizing on our part but people read it and they're just like are you kidding me mm-hmm. and then it just spreads like wildfire so mm-hmm. how often does like uh if you do like if something happens and you write an article does it ever have you ever experienced like a bigger news outlet or newspaper or something coming to pick up your story every week it happens all the time every week what's um, the highest up has gotten as far as one of your stories washington post really uh I what was, was the story the Arnold O. Jones second trial, the judge that was on trial for corruption, he was the mm-hmm. local resident superior court judge. Um, he went to trial in October 2016, mm-hmm. uh, and it was in Wilmington, North Carolina. It was a federal court case. Uh, mm-hmm. He was charged with three felonies, and uh, there was one guy that showed up from Lawyers Weekly uh, for the opening arguments and the closing arguments. He didn't stick around for everything that happened in the trial. Mm. He did not stick around for the verdict or the jury deliberation or anything. And uh, so there's me at 24 years old from the Goldsboro News Argus in Wilmington covering a hugely high-profile federal corruption case that nobody else wanted to go to because federal courthouses, you can't have your cell phone, Mm. uh, you can't have a voice recorder, and you can't have a camera. The only thing they allow you is a pad and a pen pencil a pen yeah and so you have to take it all down and be like a reporter before technology right which is a really difficult to acquire skill yeah and uh so i did that and covered it every single day i'd sit there in the courtroom from 9 a.m to 5 Mm p.m walk six blocks back to my hotel sit down bang out the story from that day Mm -hmm. and email it in and then i was free for that night but the verdict broke five thirty, like uh, Friday of that week, around eleven eleven thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and so when that broke, I took all the details surrounding it, 
got comment from lawyers, gave him the chance to talk about it himself because he was found guilty on all three counts. Oh, shit. And, Do you remember uh, what, they, what they were specifically? Yeah, it was uh, promising... Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, paying gratuities, paying bribes, and promising and paying a gratuity to a public official in an attempt to corruptly influence an official proceeding. Um, which the, uh, those three things are all felonies, and I might not have the names exactly right. I'd have to pull it up on my phone. But essentially, bribing and paying a federal agent to get copies of text messages between his wife and another man. Mm. And uh, wow. the guy he did that with was a FBI task force officer. And uh, the everything leading up to it was caught. He saved all the text messages, recorded all the phone calls, and re- recorded their in-person meetings on video. And uh, he uh, there there's, body, I guess, what was body cam video. They never said exactly where it came from. But the guy walked in to the Wayne County Courthouse Mm -hmm. to uh, give him the disc that was supposedly had the text messages he was looking for on it, but it was a a blank disc. Mm -hmm. It didn't actually have the text messages. And uh, you see Arnold Jones walk down the steps of the courthouse in his black judge's robe and pay the guy $100 and take the disc and walk back up and then keep holding court. Wow. He just did it right out in the open in front of everybody. Right. And so the reason that was, I mean, that was obviously high profile because... People think they're above the law. Judicial robe, judge, courthouse, paying a bribe and gratuity to a public official to get copies of text messages between his wife and another man. Fuck. And uh, then after the the verdict broke of guilty on all three counts, I ran out to my car, uh, turned back on my cell phone, and sat there and wrote it on my notepad mm-hmm. and emailed it into the newsroom and the editors posted it online. So we had it hours before everybody else because oh, nobody wow. else came to the trial. No, that's and, something uh, like having technology in your pocket now was great is, because is, it used to be I would have had to uh, <coughs> send it over over the wire as so, it were. So did your yeah. article get posted in the Washington Post? They just by or? by the Associated Press. It's because okay. that's uh, the AP. We the News Argus is members of the Associated Press. Right. It's that international conglomerate of newspapers and news organizations that pay to be members. Yeah. And that sets up what's called an exchange. So mm-hmm. we write a story, we put it on the AP wire, mm-hmm. and then whoever has access to that AP wire can read it and use it for their own. So do they do you get credit? Yeah, was, yeah. for the article. It depends entirely on the newspaper's own policy. Oh, really? Uh, the News Argus just does buy the Associated Press. Okay, um, but there are papers where it'll say like buy so and so Associated Press. Oh, so that's done by your newspaper says that they're not going to give you credit of right. that high, right? Because okay. it's it's just the Associated Press. <laughs> oh. um, that's still so, pretty cool though. I mean, you know it. Yeah, it's yeah. And, and I mean, I had a teacher. Uh, in college, her name was uh, Diane Finch, and she used to work for uh, Bloomberg News. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a story one time, and I forget what it was about, but she was saying that it got published in the New York Times. And she saw it, and she was like, wait, I just wrote something on this and read it. And it was her exact article, oh, wow. but it just said, by the Associated Press. So, yeah, yeah but I mean, like, you know, you know. So, you can, and, yeah. and it's one of those things where that comes back to uh, did you, you did you get in this yeah, for the right reasons? Yeah. yeah. Why are you doing this? Do you want your name attached to everything for the publicity, uh-huh. uh, or are you just trying to get news out to people? Well, I mean, in my mind, it wouldn't be like a. I guess in my mind, it wouldn't be so much. A, I want to be popular. It would be a. 
well, if I wrote this badass article and it made up this high, and there, you know, there's other newspapers and news organizations, right. maybe nationally, mm-hmm. to see that you did that. Sure, you know what I mean, and then that can push right. you up in your career. You know what I mean? Not, yeah, not to say, oh, look how cool I am. I have fifty articles in the New York Times. Just right, to, right. You know, just as a career booster. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool though. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You still call your mom, be like, hey, look what I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you cut it out. Put it on the refrigerator. Yeah. The only article I've ever cut out and saved the and like posted anywhere, um, I taped it right above my desk. And it was a story about five puppies uh, that were recovering at the animal shelter uh, because two people the night before had taken those five puppies and their two parents out to a house off of uh, Antioch Road in Pikeville and uh, dug a grave behind the house and shot the two adult dogs, their, the puppies' parents, what? and threw them in the grave. And uh, somebody called, and they were like, yo, somebody's digging a hole back here, and they just fired a gun into it. Y'all might want to get out here. So the sheriff's office comes screaming out there, and they roll up on the people as their uh, the puppies and their dead parents are in the hole, um, and they're throwing dirt on top of them. What? And that's, that's when the sheriff's office pulled up and arrested them and charged them with, Multiple animal. felonies and everything else. Animal cruelty. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, two what counts. Two yeah, counts of animal stupid. cruelty apiece, not seven for all the dogs. Because uh, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. It's five counts of animal cruelty for trying to puppy the, uh, bury the five puppies alive. But they did not and could not charge them with animal cruelty for shooting the adult dogs. See, my wife would why? have appreciated the fact you did that article. Okay, so <laughs> I know, why, why, but the, why, so why, the re- yeah. the reason I saved it is yeah. because it was it's a reminder of you know positive things can happen on the crime beat. Mm. Oh, yeah. And it just yeah, kind of yeah. keeps you sane. So it's like, yes, a very tragic, awful, disgusting thing happened with people shooting dogs and burying puppies alive with their mm. dead parents. But uh, they were saved and they're recovering and they're going to be okay now. Yeah. Why can't you charge someone for animal cruelty for shooting a dog? It's not illegal in North Carolina. Really? Yep. Yeah, you can if you own the dog, you can shoot it at any time you want. And if somebody's dog comes onto your property and you feel threatened, you can shoot it. Yeah, the laws are really weird. Like Castle law. Mm-hmm. We moved out when we moved into the subdivision we live in now. Our dog, and you've met my dogs. They're right? awesome. Like uh, they love me. They do love Jamie. But they got the two big ones got out a couple times, mm-hmm. and they like barking. They're big dogs, but they're like really nice. Mm-hmm. They don't and seem nice. The at first guy, glance. but the guy that lived like next to us, they would just run over to his yard and go mess with him or whatever. He like called the cops and stuff on us, and then they threatened to like mm-hmm. take her dogs out. We had someone poison one of our dogs before. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen when I was a yeah, little that's kid. Bullshit, Wait, dude. What? Yeah, man. Somebody. We had a dog named Boogie Woogie. <laughs> he would get out and just go. You know, say hey to people. It was a big teddy bear. Why do they? Who? Why? Uh, Because I don't know. Can't answer that question. I think that's an animal cruelty thing. You can get in trouble. Oh yeah, dude. And and I know you can't really. You Ethan can't really speak on your articles and stuff so much. But fuck those guys. Fuck them for. I'm glad they got caught. Sons of bitches. (laughs) It's not even a dog guy. It's hard to be shocked as a reporter because you just hear and see and are privy to so many ridiculous things. I would cry so much. But when that happened, that was the first time in a very, very long time that I was just completely gobsmacked by what was happening. What, um, what, this is a crazy off the wall question. What's the life expectancy of a crime reporter? <laughs> I have no idea, but it's one of those things where, uh, 
anytime a journalist dies, broadcast, print, or otherwise, mm-hmm. and they're like in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, my first thought is just stress. Yeah, it's got to be the stress. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's got to be. Like, I know um, I have a couple of friends of mine that are nurses, mm-hmm. and one of them is a ER nurse on the third shift, and that's apparently oh, the, the worst yes. one to be on. Yes. And the life expectancy is like, um, like 42 or some shit. Yeah. So I can't imagine, like, having to deal with just downtrodden, sad shit all the time. Yeah, how m- I mean, you just you find ways to cope. <coughs> I go, I go running a lot. I meditate a lot, and then I go and see my friends that hang out at the bar, and then, yeah, yeah, hang Man. out. When I mean, when I during the week, when I go to brew works or world travel or what have you, I'll sit there and have one or two and chat with people. Yeah, nothing crazy. I mean, we've chatted a lot. Yeah, I mean, just sit there, talk, catch up. You know, be know a friend. But I mean, you do run a lot. You're you're a big runner. Yeah. You were a track athlete, right, in high school? Yeah, I ran uh, USA Track and Field for yeah, Team North Carolina. I wanted oh, you to wow. teach me how to run correctly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how, I got a, I got another question. So, uh, you know, you see, like, these movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never met, like, a real live reporter, so. Hello. Hey. <laughs> so, um, do you ever get, like, and you may not even be able to answer this question or go in depth with it, but are there ever cases where, like, you just find yourself, like, getting, like, really involved with, like, a story and... You know what I mean? Like in an overwhelming type like, fashion where like you just kind of consumes you like and you got to see it to the end kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, prime examples of those are murder trails. Uh-huh. Uh, because so in that case, reporters not only have to go in and tell the public exactly what happens in the courtroom and do it accurately. Um, it's one of those things where we're also there to make sure that the court doesn't try and pull any shenanigans. Yeah. On the defendant. So we're trying to actively report on what's happening and make sure that there's no general shadiness. Nobody's happening fucking toward anybody. The yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just, you have to, we're watchdogs of authority. That's awesome. And that's, that's what we have to be. So it's one of those things where you can't be scared if you're talking to police chief, judge, sheriff, yeah. gangster, anyone. I'd be fine. City manager, mayor, what have you. They're just people. I'm such a p word. That would be I would see that would be my catch up. If I would did that job, I would just get so just personally involved. Just yeah, like I would get on well, something. So when I when I say in. personally involved, I, it's more it's not that it's consuming me or that yeah. I'm really invested in a way that would mess anything up. It's more of just uh, I started reporting on this. I'm invested in it at this point in the terms of man hours that yeah. I put into it, and I want to make sure that I see it through to the end. And you want to see, well, I mean more in a thing where like, say you're on like a murder, tr- murder trial, you want to see that the news comes out correctly and stay on top of it. Even yes. if there's, you know, other news organizations there yes, and they're not putting the news out right. And you're just like, no, it's not right. You're not doing, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, you're so just really involved in it. With, I mean, again, with the Stansel trial, it mm-hmm. was one of those things where, uh, there was a sheriff's captain. He's got to show up in court tomorrow. Um, because he, a judge, signed a show cause order for the potential to be held in contempt. So they have to have a hearing about something he did during the trial. Mm. And uh, he was brought into the courtroom and told about his court date and had the chance to tell his side of the story. What happened was he spoke to a juror Mm -hmm. uh, in the trial 
Oh, after, yeah, that's, after, yeah. You don't do that. After the court had adjourned for the day, and the guy's been with the sheriff's office for a long time, and it's one of those things, I guess, just the profile. I've never been with the sheriff's department. Right. And I know better to do that. Right, but I'm thinking it's just with the high profile and pressure of the case, mm. he just had a simple brain fart, made a yeah. simple mistake, and it was just the worst kind you can make. Yeah, but, you don't um, do that. So we broke that out for an individual story because, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a sheriff's oh, office yeah. captain who testified in a murder trial, potentially going to be held in contempt. So you, we broke that out as its own thing, and then everything else with the trial that happened that day, we did a separate story on. That's crazy. Broadcast rolled it all into one and didn't explain it very well. Just like, hey, they excused the juror, and there could be a sheriff's captain found in contempt because they spoke to each other. Mm-hmm. Right along, and just like, no further explanation. But there was so much more to it than that. Yeah. So, and it, I mean, if you watch broadcast stations, because we get calls from broadcast stations asking to use our stuff and our photos and our stories all the time. And if you watch it, even at the national level, you'll see them say, this newspaper, da-da-da-da, reported yeah. this. And, like, it's the newspapers do the large majority of the heavy lifting and the groundwork right. to get investigations and the things started and reporting on things. And then broadcast has a bigger platform because people would rather watch TV than read. Mm-hmm. And so then broadcast takes it from us and feeds it to the public. I'm sure they take bits and pieces from multiple different stories and just kind of Telephone yes. games it. Yes. yes. It just turns into big muddled bullshit. They should just do news on tape with Samuel Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it would be pretty left. I would listen to that. What uh, You were going to say something a little bit a while ago, Jacob. I'm sorry. We kind of all interrupted oh, you. Oh, I was going to ask you. You, said, you mentioned uh, meditation. I was going to ask you yeah. how long have you been meditating? Uh, so and I started doing yoga and meditation as a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um. It was, I had always played a lot of sports, but I was playing uh, Premier League soccer and running high school track and USA track and field at the same time. And I was beating my body to hell and back. Uh-huh. And I needed a way to uh, stretch it out and make sure it wasn't going to be really injury prone. So I started with yoga. And at the end of every yoga session, you do meditation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so learned how to do that as its own separate thing. So now right. that I don't do yoga that much anymore, just I'll still meditate. Right. Because, um, I mean, it's it's really not only mentally, but physically healthy. And it helps you just kind of right. deal and think about I'm, everything going on. I'd like to vaguely, learn how to meditate. Vaguely informed on meditation. Um, is mindfulness a particular practice of meditation or is that just kind of a part of meditation? Mindfulness is a state of being. A state of being? Yes. But it's something that you work towards. Meditation is a tool to try and help you be more mindful. Okay. That sounds pretty freaking deep. Some wild uh, things. Are you familiar with the uh, headlessness? Is that what it's called? It's like where you try to experience yourself without a head? Is that? Think of yourself as a being instead of a body? Maybe. I don't know. Like I said. Yeah, I mean, I, my the meditation I do is just really basic. Okay, I yeah. don't know how deep into it you were. Yeah, I mean, I I've read up <laughs> on it a lot because we have a wonderful thing called Senior Project in North yeah. Carolina, and so I did yoga. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I did yoga for my I senior did, project. And I did I had my to, senior project on broadcasting. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I just I so had to do cool. a ton of research on it, and uh, I know what you're talking about. And for a while there, I studied Buddhism, as it were, and all the different sects and what have you, and. That was really interesting, but none of it really quite fit. So I just was like, I'll stick with the yoga meditation. Yeah, I've yeah. done yoga. I'll, I've done yoga quite a bit for yeah. my back and, you know, preparing yeah. for weightlifting and all that stuff. Just kind of loosening your body up. I've oh, never yeah. gotten that far into it. I would love to. Hmm. Um, I'm sure our guest in a couple of weeks has done quite a bit of meditation, uh, Tony. Yes. And uh, 
and Shana, Shana with Yukon's beer, and I'm sure they've done quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they they could probably teach us some things. Yes, but I, I've 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 wanted to get into yoga. I actually really want to try hot yoga. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's hot. Like, <laughs> 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 but I've, I've I've wanted to get into meditation just to kind of uh, you would. Well, just because I've especially here lately, I've been getting irritated very easily. Mm-hmm. Oh, and why are you looking at me like that? Well, no, like just, what did I do? I was just talking because you're an asshole. You probably made him be irritated. But with with just general things, not with you, but um, <laughs> just to kind of help me, and when I'm feeling the anger and the justification of my anger irritation yeah. to kind of help with you that. Just calm yourself. Do you want to go try yeah. I'll go try yoga with you because do the my recent whenever, things. My, my problem is whenever I get angry or irritated, I just it's like a loop in my head of like me just justifying how right I am for feeling angry. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like meditation could probably help me. Well, I've been sleeping like two to three hours a night for like the past like two months or whatever. So I've thought about it. So I could do it with you. Look, there's a hot yoga place right at, El, at the Little Brown Jug in Smithfield. Yeah. There's one right there. Can we go drink beer afterwards? Yeah. Fucking why not? Or before. You know, uh, we'll travel every Sunday. Every Sunday morning they do yoga. And oh, then really? you just can drink beer afterwards. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Oak City Brewery in uh, Nightdale. Yeah. Every Sunday you'd be down to this. Nice. Or not Sunday or Saturday. They mm-hmm. have a run, a uh, beer run. They go run like a yeah. three miles and then go back and drink beer. I'm not trying to like really plug well travel, but they do beer runs on Tuesday nights at six. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can so plug whoever. We I've never yeah. been there. I have to check that place yeah. out. I it's would a, like to try. It's it. really I mean, cool. a lot of people come in uh, Goldsboro Brewers. Goldsboro is, I mean, hella lucky with yeah. Brewers and well traveled. Two yeah, really great spots. Now we got Brewmasters yeah. too. I know. Yeah, um, but and, like with mindfulness and, and can, back on hops. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're getting their bar soon, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. So sooner than they. I think projected, so that yeah, that'd be awesome. Nice. I still have a cigar from them over there. I got one in the out. in the truck. Yeah, you want to smoke after? I mean, we can smoke right now, dude. If you want, light up a stogie. Smoke no. cigars. I got a cigar on the cigars. car. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. can fucking fire one, fire them up. Do it to fire it, son. Fire them up. So tell us more about yourself. What other thing? What what uh, what what kind of things do you like to do in your spare yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. Seeing that we spent the last almost hour talking about you and your job, let's yeah. talk about you know um, what Ethan Smith loves to do in his off time. Yeah. I, this is gonna sound really weird, but right, run, and then uh, just you said right. You said yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Like fiction? No, uh, just really whatever. Uh, sometimes it's nonfiction. Sometimes it's fiction. Sometimes it's poetry. just it's no. I can't do poetry. No. I'm miserable <laughs> at poetry. Really? Um, <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're really good at it. Then he writes rap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm secretly Kendrick Lamar's ghostwriter. <laughs> 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 no, but I, I just uh, so I know you said you want to talk about this. I have a typewriter. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. Before we recorded, we were talking about um, uh, we were just chit chatting, and uh, Ethan was talking about just having a night to himself and and just sitting down and and just starting to type on this typewriter. You said it's a sixties or nineteen fifties typewriter. Nineteen sixty seven Royal Aristocrat. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I yeah. just feel like it's loud. You know, like how the late fifties and sixties had like the really pastel and like sea breeze color themes that were just mm-hmm. like really funky. Yeah, yeah. like like, like 1950s the surf green and the pastel pink and all that mess. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh so mine's surf green. And it's from that era, and it, like it looks like cool. <laughs> it looks like what they thought the future would look like back then. Yeah, that oh. it just didn't turn out to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, it's great, but it's one of those things where when you sit down and you write on a computer, there's like 
it's the keyboard and it's not there's no sound there's no effort you just this barely fucker has a mechanical keyboard yeah, those things sound keyboard. like machine guns yeah you need <laughs> one. I, want, I, want, I want to trade I want to trade and my like, so you can just when we're writing for work I write a lot every mm-hmm. day any I mean of course one or two stories a day all the way up to as many as 12 or 13 in one day <laughs> it's insanity but I mean that's just what we do in the news business mm-hmm. see when I picture a a, a typewriter I picture like that wrinkle wrinkle finish black with like yeah. red lettering. Yeah. That's what I picture. But you're that's, talking that's like, like a 1930s. 1950s. The 1960s was like... A, like the 50s appliance yeah. that we see yeah. with tattooing. Exactly. Like that old school style color. Yeah. Yeah. So that I just, sounds awesome. I, you, yeah. It's a lot more pleasing and it feels a lot more rewarding yeah. to write thoughts down or just write about anything on a typewriter. The not being able to backspace would fuck with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I get really. like halfway oh, through a fucking wait, so sheet of there, paper and then I miss the whole word and I'm like, <laughs> rip it out. There is a backspace key. No, really? But it's only so you can move back one space and literally just put an X over the yeah. wrong letter. Uh, and I mean, sure. so the reason I broke it out last night was just general thoughts about things and then also mm-hmm. i write family members and friends like little letters oh just that's kind of sweet i mean awesome. like phone calls and texts are cool and everything but nobody sends letter anymore and yeah, uh write me a letter you know i'll give you my address. hashtag hipster but whatever yeah. it's yeah. just really it's it's fun oh no and my, my wife is gonna get so it. into this shit if you she still have your writing letters if yeah. you still had your beard i would totally say hashtag hipster yes but yeah. I, I just like so it's a, it takes like maybe 20 minutes yeah, and then they get to keep that letter for as long as they want, and I mean it makes their day because it's like holy hell, somebody thought enough about me to write a letter. Do you use artisan paper? Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and lie like I don't. <laughs> you, you can buy regular paper from the from Walmart. That's you could thirty eight cents. Where, where's for the a pack? That? See, we're but about you bought from Etsy and it's forty eight dollars for four sheets. <laughs> <laughs> The fucking hipster thing. I think it's. I think the hipster term gets thrown around it way does. too loosely, man. I feel oh, like yeah. anyone who's into anything fucking cool gets called a hipster. It's yeah. Anything that's anybody. anything that isn't mainstream. Yeah, exactly. and you're a hipster. Yeah. So it's like I have tattoos. I play guitar, banjo. I write on a typewriter. I yeah. go for runs and meditate. And I enjoy craft beer. And people are like, yeah. "Oh, you hipster!" And I'm yeah. like, no, "What? What?" And you smoke cigars. Let's, right. Let's back up. You play the banjo. Yeah, man. That's freaking cool. That's way cooler than anything. I'd like to hear you and Dustin get at it with him and the slide guitar and you playing banjo. Yeah, man. The slide guitar and banjos go together? Fuck yeah, yeah, man. We can turn an Appalachian up in here real quick. That's way cooler than anything we talked about today. Another fun fact. What did you say? From Appalachia. Yeah, oh, as right. it were. Yeah, I'm from the western part of the state, North Carolina. Uh, so to get, sense. I mean, that's why you and Zach are so cool. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah. to get to get your ticket out of the mountains, you have to learn how to play banjo, <laughs> yeah. or Zach's else you just get too. trapped there your entire life. <laughs> Zach wears flannel and fucking uh, red wings every day. So yeah, yes. he's a old marshal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's on the hipster train. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good with it, man. If you're into it. Fuck it, man. That sounds yeah. cool. I'm into I everything just, you just said. My whole thing is let people enjoy things. Yeah, man. Yeah, just because like I don't like. like it doesn't mean it's I have to make. That's fun how of we all feel here, man. If you yeah. if, just like what you like, right? Don't don't shit on me for you know. As long as what you like isn't books. you know actively harming other people, that's yeah. my cutoff. With the banjo, yeah. yeah. Just slugging people out with banjos. Oh my god, that would hurt. Banjos are heavy as fuck. Mine's twenty pounds. Yeah, I want to learn how to play the banjo. <laughs> I want to learn how to play one. It's really, really hard. I can play the guitar. But I believe in you. I believe in you, Is too. it hard if you know how to play the guitar? Probably. Yes. Because yeah. I played the guitar since seventh grade and didn't oh pick up banjo gosh. until sophomore year of college. I met a dude. Maybe uh, if you finger pick, it might be a little easier. I'll finger than pick you. Ooh. Position. Okay. That's hot. <laughs> Spicy. I know. I met a guy, an old banjo picker that your dad may know, uh, Roby 
Huffman? Huffman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's dead now. Yeah, he passed away. Yeah. His, his son is a guitar maker. I mean, go ahead. Sorry. His hands were permanently like in the gripped mm-hmm. position because he yeah. had like arthritis. But I mean, he, mm-hmm. he could just put them on a guitar or on a banjo and play. Yeah. Even if, even though he had the arthritis. My, uh, my mom's fiance actually, uh, gave me a 1960s Martin guitar. I believe it. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> he loved playing guitar, but his hands are too arthritic now to do anything with it. Oh my God. And so they started dating. And after they've been dating for, I want to say about a year and a half, I went home to visit. And I brought my guitar, and I was just sitting there playing one day. Up in the goes, mountains? Yeah. You okay. know, very typical stuff. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> then uh, he just came down there, and he was like, I didn't know you played. And I was like, yeah. And uh, so I sat there and played a little bit. And then he was like, well, look, I have a guitar for you if you want it. And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. And he opens it up, and it's a 1960s Martin and Company guitar. And I, oh, my God. This my so jaw hilarious. hit the floor. That's awesome. I was like, are you sh- are you sure? Do you know what this is worth? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, and you're sure? Yeah, You're, you want to give this up, just not even to have around as a memento anymore. Yeah, and he was I have like, a, yeah, absolutely. I have a bass on my wall, acoustic bass. Mm-hmm. I rarely play anymore, but it was a gift from my dad, so I'm not giving that one up. Yeah, you know what I mean. I rarely played that. I very, very rarely played that guitar he gave me because I looked it up, and the retail value with the condition that it's in, which is really good condition, it's thirty one hundred dollars. Dude, play the shit out of it, man. I do. Well, it's not. Doing I do what, when I play it, but I want it to last the remainder. It's of my lasted life. this long, right? I don't want to just. On it. I bet that thing sounds so warm. And just, oh yeah. Oh my god! I bet it sounds warm, great. but bright at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You like were, a like a summer evening. Yes. Oh my god. You reminded me when you were talking about stuff Lightning on your wall everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? Me and uh, Dustin saw at the flea market today. Uh, uh, I the, bet it was amazing. The fucking original print of the uh, Leonard Skinner album with the flames. Oh yeah, Streets of Average. Yeah, we found That's that. You didn't get it? No, we didn't. get It, it was like fifty bucks, which is probably a good deal. Guess for what? It. I have a story about that album. Yeah. Uh, I was tattooing this lady, and she was so cool. Her parent, her kids weren't into it. What's the name of the album? I forget. It's Streets of Ours. Okay. So. They recalled that album after the plane crash. That was the album that was out when Leonard Skinner had the plane crash, and yeah, you know, not everybody died, but there was a, it was a big deal. The flames mm-hmm. were there. They recalled it. They took the flames out. Yeah, because, because it, looked it looked like he was on fire. It looked like Alan Collins was on fire. Yeah. Alan Collins didn't pass away in the plane crash. He actually had an accident, a car accident, and was paralyzed, and he passed away sometime later. Oh, really? Um. Alan Collins did one of the ver- one of my favorite Leonard Skinner songs. It's called "One of the Sun." Um, his version of that song with Leonard Skinner, not his band, but the the version of "One of the Sun" with Leonard Skinner was one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Street Survivor had this customer. She she loved Skinner. She had an original album with the original tour list and every all the paperwork that came with the album. And she gave me to gave it to me for a tip one day for a tattoo. It's actually framed on our wall at the house. Yeah, it's above actually going into the kids' rooms. It's on the wall above that. Yeah, that's that's a really cool album. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one. It's pre. It's pre the recall. It's still got the flames on. Yeah, it. yeah. And they wanted fifty bucks for it. Yeah, fuck, dude. You should. I, did, I didn't. I should have pulled my phone out and looked up how much it was going for. It should be worth more than that. The dude that was selling that also had a uh, original pressing of the uh, second. Uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons handbook. Oh, what? <laughs> you wanted like ten bucks for it. You like, didn't get almost, it. Almost did. Yeah. You should, did you not get it? You you it. bought a two hundred dollar teapot and you didn't buy a ten dollar. Bucks. It was half off. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still though, I mean, you should. You, you should can't definitely. even boil water in it, and you wouldn't buy that record. It infuses the tea, bro, <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps it warm. You should have definitely gotten the the either one of them or both. Say, hey, look, man, I'm gonna I'll buy both for fifty. Or both for forty. 
You should just uh, you know me. If I had cash on me, if I was there with, where's this flea market at? In Raleigh at the fairgrounds. That's okay, fair. so never next been. time you go there, no, I've not. You've I've never, never been. been dude, we what? Go. Yeah. I'd love to go, man. We should go. There's a guy that Let's I go tomorrow. Fuck it, you working? Uh, yeah, I'll be at the bar. Take off. I can't. All right, whatever. <laughs> I would. You Good can talk. get Good him, talk. Him, <laughs> Himalayan salt and uh, are they open on Mother's Day? And ninja swords. It's tomorrow Mother's Day. No, next Sunday's Mother's Day. Oh, can we go before we record or after? I'm down to go, man. I'd love to go. That'd be it's awesome. Cool as fuck, dude. Is next Sunday Mother's Day? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we May, know what you're doing when you leave uh, here. <laughs> May fourteenth. May fourteenth is okay. Mother's Day. It's this coming Sunday. Oh boy. May thirteenth is my daughter's birthday, and then May twelfth, we're actually my wife and I are going to go see Chris Stapleton. You better not. Wow, about nice. Now you got to tell your mom she can't listen to this. <laughs> I know. It's okay <laughs> if you forget. Listen it. to this May fifteenth, mom. <laughs> I mean, I didn't forget after I remembered. <laughs> it's all right. They're, uh, uh, man, I definitely want to go to the flea market. That sounds awesome. It's awesome. It's I've huge. been up there one time, but we walked through it to get to the gun show. So. Oh, they're having a gun <laughs> show. They had a gun show this weekend, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down, man. Yeah. I have a, a coat rack or a coat hanger from there. Somebody got it for me as a gift. It's, uh, what were they, what were they trying to say? It's a little anchor. Hey, Lane's pregnant. Here you go. What? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not a clothes hanger. Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought said a clothes hanger, right? No, a coat hanger. Hang oh, your fucking a coat clo- on it, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I said clothes Jesus hanger. Christ. Oh, my God. Just turned into a fucking Family Guy episode. Oh, my God. No, that's Sorry. not what it was. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, this thing's really heavy. What do I do, knock her out? Like, <sighs> nah, it's... I like the laughing hesitation that was there. <laughs> We all had to process what this motherfucker I felt like just it was, said. I felt like it was funny immediately, but I really didn't want to be the first person to laugh. And I said, fuck it. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Right. Oh, speaking uh, of pregnancies, it's on Facebook, so I can put it on here. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw it, but Eric Strickland and his beautiful wife are expecting. What? Oh, congratulations. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yep. They, it's kind of uh, unexpected, but the baby's actually due on Eric's birthday, which is... Um, uh, December 29th. Oh, man. Nice. That's and awesome. If it's born on Eric's birthday, Eric will be 40. Yeah. He's old. Wow. Welcome to the new baby. And he's apparently, Eric's like, Yeah, when the baby goes into college, I'll be 60. It's cool. Yeah. He's old. <laughs> Congratulations. Wow. Toe is an old man. Toe. Toe means the other Eric. Okay. Because, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's pretty neat. I'm pretty excited for him. Uh, wow. Jesus, I'm still taken back from what you said. Sorry, dude. That's I okay. Was, I was just fucking zing zing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mr. Crime Reporter. Yes, we may need you. Okay. Right. <laughs> Not for me. <clears throat> um. Dude, I was a hacky open mic comedian. You expect me not to make an abortion joke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said those are off limits. Oh, they're hacky. That's the whole point. Oh, okay. I got it. Are you gonna? Is this? Uh, did we hear right? Are you gonna do a comedy set? That's not true. Oh, is that those news? rumors are not confirmed? You're not gonna do it? No. No. Why? Your, not even for your dad? Because I don't remember my old material. I don't even know if I have my fucking. Notebook. You got them written down oh, in your Louis C.K. book. Oh, so I don't even know where that is. Louis C.K. writes a new set every year. Well, Louis C.K. is the fucking goat, dude. He's <laughs> he didn't used to be. <laughs> Just yeah. steal wrote, other people's shit. That's what everybody else does. Don't let your dreams be dreams. I think you can come up with something. I did, I did a comedy set last year, and let me tell you how weird it is telling my jokes in front of fucking children. At Bubba Fest, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can get a late night spot. Well, you ever smoke weed? It's kind of like coming inside of your girlfriend. Like fucking. <laughs> no, that didn't go over too well in front of fucking ten year olds. What is that joke? That I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. It's like it's talk about how like me smoking weed is like having unprotected sex because at first I'm like this is amazing and then I'm just desperately trying to convince myself that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, all the parents that were there with their kids could relate to that. Oh, yeah, I was fucking. I think you too. should do. I think you should do a set. <laughs> that was a good one, Jacob. I like that. One. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> Write that down. You got one. Now, I told a joke about like uh, That's your one of my roommates having a fucking like one of those really tall bongs. I was like, yeah, I walked in on him trying to fucking light it by himself. He looked like a midget trying to kill himself with a shotgun. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Free <laughs> samples. Well, if it was late night and everybody oh, was drunk, I'm pretty man. sure they probably don't remember it. So just repeat what you said last year. Probably. I don't like. So I don't remember. It was like ten, I did like ten minutes or something. I would laugh. I, would, I just laughed. So yeah. good. Are you gonna Are you gonna come? When? June third. Bubba Fest. Yeah. Bubba Fest. Sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you should report on it. We'll be. It's not. <laughs> it's not crime. Like, I'm not gonna be on the clock, bro. <laughs> no. That is not an on the clock job. No. It'd be fun though. You oh, could yeah. you could get the buzz around the Wayne County. Actually, maybe not. Never Dude, mind. I got fucking hammered last year. Like, hammered. I had like f- five or six Dickel and Diet Cokes. That sounds... Before I got on stage. Oh, God. And then after that, I was drinking beer for a few more hours, and then I drank Everclear, like a few fucking Everclear. It sounds drinks. like our first podcast. Oh, man. And I was... Me and my girlfriend was there, too, and... We both got back to my house. Well, I mean, I drove, but like my dad's like right across the street, so yeah, it's not like I was. You're not driving. You're yeah. driving down a path. Me and my girlfriend were both throwing up. She was like in the trash can throwing up. I was in the fucking toilet throwing up. It nice. A, it was a bonding experience. Yeah, I bet it was. Oh, yeah. We need to camp out there. I'm like, I'm I got like, a house like fucking nah, hundred feet. From I'm camp. not camping. I'll come there. sleep on that comfy People ass do camp couch. Man. We should camp there. He no. gets he gets like fucking porter potties and shit. Everything. We'll just take porter it potties. Porter potties. <laughs> well, we can call it porter potties. If you want um, to, for, for the Uncle Porter, Uncle Porter, <laughs> I must start and, calling and the Bubba Hot Experience. That's they, awesome. And they have food and stuff, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they're gonna do like fucking chicken or some shit, probably. We should get Antoine out there on the grill. Oh, Antoine's playing. He should be cooking some food after he's cooking. Oh, dude, yeah, he can cook, dude. Yeah, no, yeah that food week. we ate last weekend was ridiculous. Yeah, last Sunday was great. Yeah, I don't even care if that episode's not doing well, man. We had good food. Yeah, Dustin, <laughs> Dustin, Dustin cooked everything we had, and he did a fucking fantastic job on every one of them. Yeah, yeah. it was all really good. Cool. <clears throat> Is there anything else you want to tell us about uh, anything? What else do you do? Yeah, what you else? Just what run you? and meditate. Yeah, I think we write and write reports. Right. Yeah, we play covered. music. We travel a lot. Now yeah. he does podcasts, guest appearances. Yeah. Yeah, you can add this to your repertoire. It'll put you up there. Yeah, like I was on the Low Brown Nation. You may have Make heard sure of them. Put They're it, on Spotify. Yeah, put it on. No, we're not on Spotify. We're not on Spotify. <laughs> like the one thing we're not on, I had to say. I'm in Stitcher. Sorry, Stitcher. We are on Stitcher. All right. Anyway, iTunes. Yeah. Well, uh, cool. Yeah, dude. Like, thank you for being here. Of course. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Thanks for coming. We yeah, had a great absolutely. time. If uh, if you want to do it again, just let us know. Sure, man. We can talk about other things. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We can. Awesome. All right. All right. Well. Later. Later. See y'all later. Uh-huh.